You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. I kept Kleenex in business in the late 90s. Mike Austin might have fucked to knock his wife. But just say no to this pay-per-view. Wait, were you making a death joke? Told you we should have gone to the donkey show. Stop choking yourself. It's either death or defecation. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to 205 Jive. I'm Adam. I'm the designated host, but it's also my job to make these two gentlemen... Look awesome in the show. They are the drunk wrestling historians. This is Eddie. Step off. I'm doing the hump. And this is Scott, educating the masses one drink at a time. Welcome, everyone, to our show. Hope uh, you have a drink in hand and uh, ready for a great one today. As a usual reminder, I uh, want you to head over to whatamaneuver.net. Get those drunk wrestling history t-shirts. Great uh, soft quality printing for on-demand Uh orders so head over there again that's what a maneuver.net and then also eddie you have uh, some stuff to share before we jump into this yeah just a c- couple uh quick ones um really briefly i want to mention um the last our what's today today's august 30th you guys are hearing this uh, in i don't know about a month but um our last episode we put up was the paul orndorff episode today's monday we decided to drink on a fucking monday like Geniuses. On a school night. Yeah, on a school like night. The like drunkards the drunkards we are. Yeah, the last time we did this on a Monday, I called him sick the next day. Um, Pussy. <laughs> I know, I know. Me, yeah, I got carried away. Well, but uh, the last episode we put up was the Paul Orndorff episode, and I got some really good comments on that, uh, which was really cool. Uh, Adam, I haven't told you this. Scott, you know, that actually broke our record for the most first day downloads. Which, Paul Orndorff's really? still over, brother. Yeah, Paul oh, wow. Orndorff's over. Yeah, it, it was like I was really happy to see that. I never know. Sometimes, like, I know a pay-per-view is going to do well. Certain ones I know are going to do well. Other ones I'm not so sure. This is one of those ones I wasn't so sure. So to see it get so many downloads the first day and the whole weekend it did well was really cool. Just I was glad that, you know, we did a tribute to him and people liked it a lot. Um, I also got into a brief back and not a back and forth, but like a conversation with DJ about the episode and Paul Orndorff's son got involved in the conversation. Um, he's brand new to Twitter. I think he had like no followers or one follower or something like that. He, I guess he just joined and he must've been just searching, you know, his dad's name and came across that. And so that was really cool. We were talking about how, uh, Paul had beat up Vader <laughs> backstage one time while wearing flip-flops and, uh, <laughs> that's a bad man. Yeah. And he jumped in <laughs> to say that Paul, uh, apologized and asked forgiveness from Vader, Vader for that. So like, that was really cool. Um, it was just really cool to kind of have a brief interaction with his son. It's cool that his son is on Twitter now, just kind of, you know, carrying on, you know, just, uh, representing Paul. Um, another I just quick, hope he listened to the episode. I tweeted him back and I said we did a tribute to him and, you know, I forget what I said, but I don't know if he, I haven't heard from him again, so I don't know if he listened to it. I don't know if he listened to it and hated it and didn't want to tell me. I don't know. <laughs> Well, but, our MO is to kind of shit on things and just make, you know, make fun, make jokes, make light of it. But 
that episode, I think all three of us really came to the table and were like, this is not a laughing matter. This is not something that we're taking lightly. We want to pay the man homage. And honestly, in listening, I think we did that. In listening back, I think all three of us really brought up that episode. And I think we paid homage to the great Paul Warndorf. Absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of like the first time we didn't really goof on anything, which was, I was we were kind of out of our uh, comfort zone. But um, I'm glad. Mostly, people, yes. Yeah, but I'm glad people liked it. Um, I got a tweet from our buddy L. Uh, Hatcher, who was LSU. I think it's LSU guy. I should have written down his uh, Twitter handle. He just had a brand new baby. And he called him a he called him milk drunk Mark. Mark was in ca- was capitalized, so I assume the baby's <laughs> name is Mark. He said that um, apparently he's our youngest fan because he got through an entire episode of the podcast without crying. And I think it was I think, babies on this show now too. Yeah, I think he said he was like a day old. So like the demographics <laughs> we hit, dang, right, right, yeah, we're from zero to I don't know probably forty eight or something. Time to buy um, that onesie. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and you can yeah. get that onesie on whatmaneuver.net. Well done, Adam. <laughs> yeah, and he said it was. He said we should call the show "Drunk Wrestling Lullabies." Um, That's awesome. So anyway, well, you know what? I I would officially like to invite Mark to be the fourth member of the Drunk Wrestling History crew. I think that's actually a great idea. But he has to be milk drunk when he's listening. Right, right, yeah. We'll have to get him on the phone at some point. Right. <laughs> Put him right to sleep. Uh, He'll be milk drunk, I'll be chocolate <laughs> wasted, you'll be drunk wrestling historians. Well, <laughs> yeah, so we'll congratulations, congratulations to them. Uh, super happy for him. Um, and I don't even like babies, but I like this one. <laughs> um, well, you like it when they're not around you. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, if I don't have to, if no one's asking me to hold it, you know, I'm, I'm they, babies make me nervous. Right, they're also contagious. Yeah, so be careful. Yeah. Um, one last one. Uh, we got a comment on iTunes from Star Wolf zero 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 seven. It said, "Like listening to the show, and it reminds me of the little things I missed watching as a kid." So, on iTunes, your name is not necessarily anything to do with your Twitter handle or anything like that. So I tried to figure out who star wolf zero 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 seven was. Cause I always like to tell people to follow him. I couldn't find that name on Twitter. I looked it up on Instagram and I don't know if this is the same person, but someone named star wolf zero zero seven or someone named star wolf anyway, has an only fans that they promote on um, Instagram. Whoa. So I can't necessarily find the star wolf who uh, put us over on iTunes to tell you to follow him, but go follow uh, star wolf on uh, OnlyFans. Go subscribe to OnlyFans. Star there. Wolf 007. There you go. And they let porn. They, they, the they, band's been lifted. They lifted the porn ban. Oh, so they can show Star Hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Starfish. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, all right, Adam, that's it for the notes. Let's get into the show. Today's episode, uh, we have all compiled a short list, and we're going to go over uh, going to go over these particular uh, wrestlers people, what have you. Uh, You might say uh, this particular episode uh, would cause the reaction, hey, they made it into a drunk wrestling history episode. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky them. Yeah. They're huge stars. (laughs) Quote, unquote, uh, today's episode is dedicated (laughs) to jobbers. We really raised the bar with Orndorff, and here we go lowering it again. (laughs) (laughs) 
the fucking worst jobbers. Well done, gentlemen. Well oh, done. I mean, if you think we lowered the bar with this, wait till people hear the episode that's up after the Orndorff episode. We're actually oh, taking yeah. we're taking this Friday off, but oh. next week, so you want to talk about oh, lowering that the bar episode? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. It'll be a delight. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I still can't believe we did that episode. Okay, jobbers. Uh, we have each uh, compiled a list of three. Believe it or not, no overlap. Uh, That's incredible. Just gonna name one, and we'll go over them. Let's see. Let's start off with. Let's start off with Elias. Okay, that was mine. Shame on you. See, God damn it. I, Eddie, he's not a fucking jobber, dude. The fuck he's not. I knew no, at least... No, he's not a jobber, dude. Who's he ever beat? Um. <laughs> When's the last time you saw him win a match? Uh, hold on. Hold on. I have to go back a few years. Hold on. Yeah, right. I'm going through the Rolodex that is my brain, but it's drunk, so... Look, I'm a big Elias fan, and I knew at least one of you was going to object to this. And I, knew I do he, object to this, and I knew, heavily, because he's, he's in, like, vignettes uh, now. Okay, let's just forget the last three weeks, because who knows where this is going. I'm not counting that, you know what I mean? So maybe he's off to a fresh start, and maybe if you were to ask me six months from now, maybe my opinion would change. We'll see, but knowing the way they do things over but there... as of right now... He's probably... Yeah. Knowing the way they do things over there, he's probably going to be two people... And then go on a long losing streak. But he basically, in NXT, he was a jobber. He basically lost to everyone. He'd win a match here and there, you know. But, I mean, he lost to Finn. He lost to Gargano, Nakamura, Apollo. He even lost to Cassius. He's one of the only people to lose to Cassius Ono. Um, and he lost to him. <laughs> oh, and, man. <laughs> yeah. And he lost to him in a loser leaves town mask. Then a uh, uh, match. And a week later, he puts on a mask, pretending he's not him. And then he loses to Oni Lorcan. Only Lorcan is still in NXT. Like, that's who this guy lost to. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think Only Lorcan's been in, in NXT before there was NXT. <laughs> then they bring him up to the main roster, and he gets a couple wins early in, but a lot of those were, to, if you look, if you go back and look at the matches, a lot of them had people, weird wins, you know. He'd win by a DQ or a Nothing count out. clean. Yeah, he never really got any clean wins over anybody. Um, the crazy thing was, he was a very gimmicky character in NXT. And those gimmicky characters worked well in NXT, but they never really worked on the main roster. He's kind of one of the very few ones that did. Like when Tyler came up with that gimmick, that lasted a few months and it was over with. You know, I was and I was like, I love Tyler Breeze, but I knew that was going nowhere. Elias came up with the same gimmick and it worked. He actually got it over. He would come out and do these promos, and people would boot. You know, he would bury the crowd and bury the sports team and this and that. Yeah, people, the crowd loved it. Yeah, people hated him. So you'd think he would get a big push as a heel, but he never really did. Um, and then he kind of started doing the thing where his his promos would just get, inter get interrupted. So now he's jobbing out without even having a match. Right. It was a complete right. wreck. So basically, he's never really done much. He's kind of, I mean, I guess you can call him a jobber to the stars because he's not losing to Tyler Breeze anymore. But he got beat up by John Cena at two WrestleManias in a row without even having a match at either of them, if I remember right. Um, and he's been no. around. He's he's been around since 2014, and the only title he's won is the 24/7 title, a couple times, which like Adams won that twice. <laughs> I celebrate <laughs> that shit. <laughs> Skills. So Wait, that, are you sure that wasn't the 7-Eleven title that he won? The 7-Eleven title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've won that one. The I-880 title. <laughs> 
He does love snacks. So yeah, I knew someone, I knew one of you two was going to object to that, but I'm sorry. Elias is, is the current day, the jobber, the current roster is jobber. I guess he is. Yeah. I guess you're right. And I actually have somebody on my list that I guess I can kind of equate to Elias in, in, a, in a small way. Well, do you want to jump right into that one? Uh, no. Let's let Adam spin the wheel and see where we end up. Okay. I mean, uh, just looking at the names, I, I could probably eliminate one, but the other ones, I don't know which one that would be. So let's just uh, let's try this one. You might remember uh, this one from the Conti Classic, Jillian Hall. Oh, fuck. Oof. Oof. Yeah, that's another one. She kind of, yeah. I mean, she was more known for that shit on her face and, oh. that, and that awful voice than she was ever for her matches. You could have yeah. left an awful voice. You didn't even bring her face into it. Jeez. No. I mean, you don't, You're brutal up. tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Shame on you. Talking about her shit face. Yeah, the, well, the thing the boogeyman ate. <laughs> that they called a mole. It looked like a rice cake. It was a gummy. Fruit. It was like a bad rice cake. Because <laughs> rice cakes look good. Yeah, it looked like a bleeding rice cake. Oh god damn it! <laughs> okay, I'll be so, thrown out of here, sir. Pretty much, uh, like once the financial advisor uh, to JBL and uh, that growth thing was dropped. It was pretty much she started singing. She was never over. Either her opponent or someone would come out to beat her in a match or just make her shut up. That was it. That was that's it? Literally, that's literally all the notes that I have on her. And I think that's plenty to qualify her for this list. Yeah, the less said the better about Jillian. No argument yeah. here. Yeah. So there we go. Conti Classic and Worst Jobbers. Well, I mean, she's on a roll on this show. <laughs> She's almost a uh, trifecta winner. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what episode we can squeeze her into next. <laughs> Shittiest moles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not going to be Valentine's Day three when we do the hottest chicks again. <laughs> All right, let's do Barry O. Yes. So Barry O. Some people don't know this. <laughs> He's actually the least successful Orton. When you say the name Orton in wrestling. You think Cowboy Bob. You think Randy. That's a lot of success. That's a lot of talent in the ring. Barry O was the exception to that rule. Barry O wanted to be a musician and ended up being a jobber every Saturday morning. He's known for having the word Reno on his boots. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Barry O is Cowboy Bob's brother. Wait, wait. Is Randy he, Orton's uncle. Is he also Reno Riggins? He is not Reno Riggins. But he's, I didn't think so, but he has Reno on his boots? Yeah, that was like his thing, is he had Reno on his boots. I Barry O. I wouldn't put Reno on my boots if my name was Reno. <laughs> At least put Vegas. Yeah, right. Right. In the state of Nevada, you pick fucking Reno? Reno. <laughs> associate yourself uh, with Nevada, and you put Vegas on there. You don't want to associate with Vegas's butthole. I, mean, well, a... I guess he is the Reno of the Orton family. No. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I mean, anyone listening to this, if you guys haven't been to Reno, <laughs> there's a reason Reno 911 was Reno 911. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those places you don't want to go out in the daylight. Yeah. <laughs> it's dirty. Another analogy. So you're saying that Reno is the WCW of Nevada. Hey, <laughs> yeah. but they pay, they pay uh, the pawn shops pay well for old uh, wedding rings. Oh, there you go. 
good to know. Just in case. But yeah, Mario, he made my I list really shouldn't because... crap on Reno that much. I like I kinda like a few places in Reno. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Pepper Mill is the best place in Reno, hands down. Well, GSR is all right too. But Barrio, not so great. <laughs> but R.I.P. Barrio, he's no longer with us. So no longer disparaging his name, but absolutely the least talented of the Ortons. I totally forgot about him. Most people that's, did. That's a good pick. Most people didn't even know that he had passed. Yeah, Randy Orton's like, who? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uncle who? <laughs> that's cool. All right, who's next, Adam? All right, we've got the Conquistadors. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I, I told you I was trying to go kind of off the grid. I didn't want to have any overlap. I was trying to make sure I picked people that nobody else would pick. Yes. And I loved the Conquistadors. When I was a kid, they were just they were on TV all the time. Like they like probably at least every other week you'd see those guys for several years, you know, like 87, yeah. 88. Like they're like they're actually one of my earliest memories of tag team wrestling. They made it, it into a Survivor Series. They were. They were in Survivor Series 88. Um, and they actually lasted for a while. They, they, I don't think they eliminated anyone, but they were not the first tag team eliminated. Um, right, as you would expect them to be. Right, exactly. Um, and one of them got tripped by Fuji with the cane. So even then, it was kind of a you know a little bit of shenanigans for him to, uh, to get pinned. But uh, they did get a couple wins. Um, they beat... They beat the Rockers early on. They beat the Killer Bees, who were also jobbers. Yes. And they beat they the Rougeaus once. But they were just so cool. They were in just like a solid gold costume, um, completely covered. Like no part of their body showing at all. Long sleeves, long pants, gold gold lucha mask. And um, it was actually the original ones were Jose Estrada Sr. and Jose Luis Rivera. Um, yes, who actually had a singles run for a while. They went nowhere, so they threw him in a gold costume. Right, right, yeah. Um, and I think a couple other people might have been in the costumes at, at certain points early on. But um, then they kind of became like a thing. They became a joke later on in the Attitude Era. Um, yes, the exactly. Edge and Christian at one point lost a title match to the Hardys and were not allowed to get another title shot. So they dressed up as the fucking conquistadors. As, the, as Los Conquistadors. And it could not have been more Uno clearly them. Dos. They were doing like the five-second pose, if I remember right, <laughs> as the conquistadors. <laughs> Which is a, great because like kids that were watching that mm -hmm. that didn't grow up with 80s wrestling, suddenly they're looking up conquistadors. Right, and right. And familiarizing themselves with 80s tag teams. And I think that that's amazing. Me too. I love when they have like uh, callbacks like that. It's always Absolutely. really cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, they ended up winning the titles. Then Edge and Christian encounter the conquistadors backstage, ask for a title shot. Then I think it was the next day they get a title shot, but Christian gets jumped backstage by one of the conquistadors, by the conquistadors. Then it turns out the Hardys were dressed as the conquistadors. <laughs> how they <laughs> how they managed to get suits like that that quickly, is, I have no idea. Um, but then it was kind of cool because since it's wrestling, the stipulation that the Hardys or that Edge and Christian couldn't get another title shot was over because the Hardys had lost the title at one point. So Mick Foley was like, oh, well, you guys can have another title shot now. Right, that kind of washes out. But, dude, what's great is the Conquistadors actually made a return on the ENC show. Yes, they did. They did. And I have no idea who they were. <laughs> Their favorite word was quesadilla. <laughs> Shit. True story. Um, they also got beat up in a barroom brawl by the APA. 
And um, I think her, <laughs> <Is that> Tijuana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was in the back of a strip club in Tijuana on Revolution <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> and um, Kurt Angle, I think, dressed as one of them in a in a battle royal at one point. I forget why. Um, was he number one or number two? I think. Yes. Uh, well, Kurt Angle's always <laughs> <Yes>. number two. <laughs> um. And, uh, I remember that. I think it was something Baron Corbin had some stupid yes, rule. Yes, it was something to do with Baron the, Corbin. The constable thing. Yeah, and I think he got just tossed to get by at, him. at him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and other people who came out in those costs or played one of the conquistadors was Christopher Daniels, Rob Conway, and Eugene. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So, Eugene playing a conquistador. Yeah, Eugene playing a worse character than Eugene. <laughs> Fuck that way better, dude. Yeah. Way better. <laughs> I love him. I love the conquistadors. You love Eugene. Shut up. Him too. <laughs> the guy who breaks his leg on a drop kick. <laughs> All right. This one, you could count them as a team or individually, and probably going to get some heat for this one. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. I'm not, I don't have too much to say about that because I've not been up state. I haven't stayed up on NXT as much lately as I would like to. There's just too much fucking wrestling on TV. Um, but I know they have not been particularly successful. Is Casey it, any good? She's, I don't know. She's they're, fine. They're she's okay. fun to watch. Hmm. They're okay. Yeah, they're okay. I mean, she's definitely over because she does have, like, aerial tactics in her body. Uh, pretty much, they pick up a few wins here and there, but they never go anywhere. Or they never get a push. Oh, much like her boyfriend, Ricochet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, the only, push he ever got, the only push he ever got was with that finger. Jeez, this is a family show. Bazinga. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I just, it's the corona talking. <laughs> yeah. I could say star hole at OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. One and only. <laughs> <laughs> One and only. So, One finger. <laughs> so in general, <laughs> like her as a like her as a person, like them in general, but yeah, they're not really going anywhere or making any any significant pushes. It also doesn't seem like uh, they're putting the effort into getting a push. They're just putting other competitors over just to just to. They're kind of just yeah. there. Yeah, they're taking exactly. up a place. They're there. Yeah, they're there giving others matches. Yeah, they're sometimes NXT they wins, some, talent. Sometimes they win. Sometimes they lose. They're just there. Right. All right. Uh, we've got the Mulkies. <laughs> the the Mulkies are mine. I had a feeling you were going to pick them. Yes. Well, we named our shitty tag team Monument after them. Right. Because every Saturday afternoon at 3.05 Pacific, I could bank on some tag team coming out and beating the shit out of the Mulkies. <laughs> the Mulkies did their job every single Saturday Without fail, whether they were single, 
Mostly they were tag team, but they made everybody except for one team look like a million bucks. And that one team is the only time I ever saw the Mulkies get a win. And I think they ended up getting killed over it too. But look, who was when that? You're a, dude, I don't remember. I think the team was called like War Machine. And if I'm not mistaken, they actually came out to kiss his War Machine. And they oh, were like shit. hyping him up to be this big deal. And the fucking Mulkies beat him. <laughs> I don't know if, because I think it was two guys under a mask. And if I'm not mistaken, they were probably two guys that got in trouble for something. Right. And they're like, you know what? You guys are going to fucking lose to the Mulkies. It's like how the Washington Generals win a game like every 10th year. Right, yes. <laughs> yes. The Washington Generals are the Mulkies. They, yeah. they were fantastic. They could make guys look so good. Any team that they brought up that they wanted to get over, stick them in the ring with the Mulkies, and suddenly you have a monster on your hands with that tag team. So the Mulkies did their jobs extremely well. Yeah, I didn't really know the Mulkies until you told me about them, and then I watched a few of their matches, and those guys would bump their fucking asses off for I mean, that was like the big criteria to be a jobber. you got to be able to bump your ass off for guys. Yes. And they excelled at it. They were actually, in their role, they were very good. And they looked the part, dude. I think they wore like purple trunks. Mm -hmm. They had pasty white skin. They had blonde hair. Like they looked like a couple of albinos coming to the ring that hadn't seen the sun in 68 days. (laughs) And they just come to the (laughs) ring. They get their ass whooped and they made everybody look good. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Salvatore Sincere. You went deep, dude. I did. You went deep. How great was Salvatore Sincere? <laughs> Shit. He was kind of at the that time. That was Tom Brandy, right? Tom Brandy, yeah. And he All was right. sort of post-Jobber era because Jobbers were really big in the 80s and early 90s. So he would have right. been like 96-ish, you know, probably came in around there, maybe 97. So he was yep. a little late. He would have been kind of the only Jobber there at the time. Um He did like a stupid mafia gimmick. Like he wore like a hat, like... He was like, uh, he came up like, I don't know what you call those hats. It's not a cowboy hat, but like a, I don't know, like a hat. No, like a hat like the fucking, like Don Corleone would wear. And he came out to like slow accordion music. It was very Godfather, you know, like I think Roman ripped him off actually. Um, (laughs) He kind of won a few matches early on, but then right away he just went into a, straight into a losing streak. Lost. Yeah, who could have predicted that? Yeah, right. Who would think that guy with that gimmick? And he did this terrible Italian accent. Um, that was awful. I, I looked him up. He was from Philly. And it was just like, because <laughs> I, I, I was like, where is this guy from? You know? And I guess even growing up around all those Italians in Philly, he could not fake that accent well at all. Like, I could do a better, I'm sure Adam could do a better Italian accent. No doubt. Um, I'm sure. He, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I've then, only seen this name for how many minutes now? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> um, it's a great name, though. I love the name. And he would always talk about how much he loves everyone and he loves the WWE. And the announcers would be like, well, I don't really know if he's telling the truth. I don't know if he really feels that way. I don't know how sincere he is. Yeah, and the seal. Is he really sincere? And it tied him with that ridiculous ass name. Um, <laughs> and then he was sort of over when Mark Merrill, I don't know, it was kind of fucked up what they did to him. Mark Merrill came out, cut a promo on him. He's like, your name's not Salvatore Sincere. Your name, your name's Tom Brandy, and you're from fucking Philly or whatever. And then he dropped the gimmick, and uh, I think he got like a count-out win on Merrill, and that was sort of the end of him. He, he won nothing after that. Oh, um, nice going, Mark Merrill. Yeah, and I think one of his last things was he was in the the 98 Rumble, and he got tossed in like a couple seconds by uh, Terry Funkin' Cactus. <laughs> Didn't he become the Patriot later on? 
Like he would don the Patriot gear and show up at events as the Patriot. I don't know why you would ever pretend to be the Patriot when you could pretend to be Salvatore Sincere, but maybe. Well, because he, well, dude, who was a bigger draw, the Patriot or fucking Salvatore Sincere? <laughs> yeah, but, no, no it's my understanding it was Tom Brandy that would show up to events like, yeah, I'm the real Patriot because, I mean, who 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 knew who the Patriot was under the mask? And right. so he would show up in all the gear and be like, yeah, I'm the Patriot. But I think there was an issue with Del Wilkes and Tom Brandy as to, like, who the Patriot was. I've never heard that, but that's hilarious if that's true. That's very Virgil. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tom Brandy, the original Virgil. <laughs> was he like taking bookings? You know what I mean? Was he like, was he K-taping yeah, he was the promoters? Taking bookings as the Patriot. Yes. So the promoters thought it was a real Patriot showing up. Correct. And then Del Wilkes had to have been like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Like, I'm the Patriot. And then how do you prove it? Because no one's ever seen you without the mask. Well, exactly. And that became a whole thing. But yeah, it was like a big controversy for a while. Like they were fighting over the name. Oh, that's great. Oh, it was awesome. I had no idea. I'd never heard about that. Well, and now, you know, that's why you keep me around. And that's why this is a history show. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Adam. Let's get with, to the next one. With drinks being consumed. Yeah, and All I'm right. actually out of beer. I got to grab another one between episodes. What is this, your first show? Come on. I know. Keep, <laughs> keep spares, dude. I know. All right. Just Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... In the year 2000, uh, this dude shows up pretty much, just shows up uh, in the back, uh, just uh, starting shit, uh, going to one wrestler saying, hey, this other wrestler is talking crap about you. Wrestler he's conversing with, gets all worked up, says, oh, God damn it, I'm going to challenge that one to a match. And then uh, some sometimes... Uh, he gets uh, brought into the mix. All right, we have to go kick uh, their asses. Wait, we? I have to get involved now? Yeah, we have to go do it. And he sucked. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember just Joe. He was, yeah. that was, a, was that a WCW guy? Or was that a WWE guy? Du I remember WWF the name. WWF 2000. Okay, so he's not who I'm thinking of. Because there was a guy in WCW who's like, he had some kind of gimmick like that where his finisher was like the the maybe perfect average or some stupid shit. Uh no, I don't Okay. I don't see any WCW for him. Okay. I hella don't remember this guy. Yeah. I so, I, I remember the name. Yeah. So pretty much he's acting like he's the messenger between between wrestlers or between two parties, always starting crap. Sometimes he is just being a messenger for somebody. Uh, his entrance video is just pictures of him talking to wrestlers with that chat bubble saying, hey, I'm just Joe. I'm looking at him right now. I remember this dude. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I think he may have had maybe one or two televised matches on SmackDown or Raw. Uh, he, he appeared way more backstage than in the ring. Uh, he had more matches on Jacked and on Metal, and he that's a jobber. Does he does not have a winning record? Uh, he was lucky enough to do the entrance with Gangrel once on Metal, and I only bring that up because just less than ten days ago we saw Edge do uh, Gangrel's entrance. Right, right. That was awesome. Yeah, but it was. he but him next to Gangrel coming up, he is so out of place. And <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's just a jobber because he's just Joe. That's a great pick. <laughs> nice. I, he's such a jobber. I don't even fucking remember the guy. <laughs> All right. We're and, coming up on time. We got one to go, right? Yeah. Uh, let's just uh, finish it off with Lenny Poffo. Oh. <laughs> so he was on my list as the most entertaining jobber of all time. That was until Eddie put Elias on his list. <laughs> I would probably put a lot. Okay. If you're going to classify Elias as a jobber, which, yeah. I don't know. It, it maybe is still up for debate amongst others, but look, the dude got into the ring. He read poems off of a Frisbee, tossed the Frisbee into the crowd, and then would have a fantastic match. Mm-hmm. With an up-and-coming or established star. Sometimes to the point where you thought he might actually win the match. Yeah, yeah. He rarely did win. But he was doing high-flying moves that the rest of the roster, they weren't even thinking of yet. And every time Lanny Poffo got into the ring, I looked forward to watching his matches. He was fantastic. He was always doing high-flying shit. Sometimes you thought he might actually win. And then when he actually got that big push as the genius... He was still a jobber. Yep. <laughs> Even though he does hold the win over Hogan. He beat Hogan. Via count out. Yeah. Nonetheless, still was a jobber when he got his big push. But up until Eddie said Elias, I had him down as the most entertaining jobber of all time. And he did um he did like a run of house shows with Hogan. At that yeah, same time. Did. Yeah, because yes, I've heard he him talk about like I've always been a you know, I, I love Hulk Hogan because he handpicked me to to work with him for like six months or whatever it is, and he's like, and I made huge money in that time. So Hogan took really good care of me. And, yeah, built his retirement off of that shit. And I know Hogan's one of those guys. Hogan was one of those dudes who was smart, like, this guy's gonna make me look good, so I want to work with him, or this guy's safe, he's not gonna get me hurt, so I'll work with him. But yeah, and dude, when he was the genius. He fucking bumped his ass off, dude. He did. And he looked so good when he would take those bumps in that robe. Yes. You know, everything was just way exaggerated. Who was it put who was it that put him in a sleeper? Do you remember what I'm talking about when he starts flailing his arms around in that robe? Probably Brutus Beefcake. Probably Brutus Beefcake, yeah. I don't remember exactly it's gotta be Brutus. I just remember it was probably on a Saturday night's main event and he was just yeah. he was just flipping out and it looked so cool in that stupid robe. Because the robe yeah. was flipping everywhere. The robe was going everywhere. Yeah, he was really, he was great. Um, I think I told you one time I saw him in a match at a house show in Oakland when I was a kid. Don't remember who he worked with, but I remember he would lock up and get out of the ring. And then he would do the uh, pull himself up backwards from the top rope from the floor, you know, and lift skin himself the in the ring. Yeah, skin the cat. And then he would get out of the ring again. And this went on for a good seven, eight minutes, and the crowd wanted to kill him. Yeah, And when I was a kid, yeah. I was like, fuck this guy, dude. He fucking sucks. Why doesn't he get in there and wrestle? And when I was older, I was like one of those – it was one of those things I thought back to where I was like, fuck, that guy was good. I mean, he was he was in like the third match of the night, and he had the crowd wanting to you know, start tearing the seats out of, uh, out of the floor. Yeah, and that was the great part about Lanny is that when he was a face earlier in his career, the crowd would get behind him and want to see him win. Because of those poems. You know, because of the poems, exactly. Yeah. And he had a frisbee, and he was throwing it out to the crowd. It was like Adam Bomb with his Nerf footballs, right? Yeah. But like that's the crowd loved him. Mm-hmm. He was able to work both sides, heel and face, so well. Super talent. And amazing talent because he could still be a jobber, but be that sympathetic face or that shit heel that you saw, and play both spectacularly. Like a- again, you put Elias up there, so that's pretty big company, but. I'm still saying Lanny Poffo, the greatest jobber of all time. That's a great pick, dude. I love it. 
And he's Randy Savage's brother. Come on. There you go. There you go. Great bloodline. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that wraps up uh, Jobbers. That takes care of Jobbers. So, what'd you all think about uh, our lists? Do you agree? Disagree? Or did we miss any? Please let us know on all the social media platforms. Rate the show on all the podcast platforms. And uh, uh, just uh, definitely want to hear from you so we can keep this drunk wrestling adventure afloat. So, with all that said, with Scott, with Eddie, I'm Adam reminding you to... Please continue follow, uh, following uh, Common Sense uh, Safety Measures. Enjoy your buzz. Watch wrestling responsibly. Drink like nobody's watching. It's your job. That takes care of it. We'll see you uh, next time for another great episode. One, two, three. Ring it. See y'all. Send me painting. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. In the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five Just a step on the boss man's ladder But you got dreams he'll never take away On the same boat with a lot of your friends Waiting for the day your ship will come in And the tide's gonna turn and it's all gonna roll your way Working nine to five